Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I get excited about the kingdom of God. Joshua 3 and 5, and then we'll read 2 Samuel 30 and 8. The Bible said, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The Lord will do wonders among you. 2 Samuel 30 and 8, familiar passage. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. What a promise. What a promise. I'm just going to keep the same title, The Edge, The Overflow, and The Harvest. God, this week has moved on my heart and my spirit again in several directions. And I just want to hook up to what God was doing in here last week. And I wasn't obviously here Tuesday, but I'm sure God was right back in the building. Because God is up to something. And it is spiritual DNA changing and... And I believe it is, this is a mark of time that this church will always remember back to and say we were never the same after that. I believe that. I believe there's going to be miraculous things done. And I want to be a part of that, don't you? Amen. Would you set your Bibles down one more time and could we give praise to the Lord for the things that He has done? And you may be seated. Amen. I I don't want you to get bored here at the beginning. But I don't know if you could tell. Pastor, I don't ever ask for the mic once I've set it down. But I did that last Sunday night here. And when I walked out of the building, I could have turned around and walked back in. And what God had hooked us into would not leave my body. I went to down the road with those gentlemen from my church and we were eating and I was sitting there and I could still feel what I felt in this room. And so rather than try to recreate necessarily anything, I'm just going to hook up to where we stopped. Because I believe that here at MPC, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we are no longer on the edge. But we have stepped into the miraculous waters of revival. I believe without hesitation that what happened around here the other day was not just God confronting us about identity, 
but I believe we walked in rivers of renewal in the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I believe that what is happening now, old things are being passed away and God is creating new things in our spirit, in our heart, in our DNA, in our way of thinking. There are paradigms that are changing because God is giving us a renewal where things are becoming new. If you feel that happening in your life, would you just praise the Lord right now? One thing I probably failed to mention and and probably did not adequately say the other day was as I spoke of seeing a river of renewal, I guess I probably just didn't think to say this, but I want to say it tonight. I did not by any way mean that what I saw in the Spirit, that it was something that was for that service and it was over. I believe that there are rivers of renewal in this house tonight. They'll be here Tuesday night. They'll be here next Sunday. And they'll be here until God is through moving. And I don't believe that is until he calls us home. I I know that God can move on the prodigals everywhere. I know God can renew people everywhere. But I also believe that certain houses have certain gifts. I remember as a kid, I was diseased in my eyes, and, and my parents didn't even know it. To be honest, they, they, when they discovered it was when I went to kindergarten, and uh, my parents were like, that makes sense now. He never sees the airplanes in the sky. And before long, I had big Coke bottle thick glasses, and, and uh, I, I had to go through all this process And we heard my dad was pastoring in Kansas at the time. And there was a church about an hour down the road that was experiencing a season of miracles. And so my parents, they got me in the car on a Sunday night. We didn't have church. We drove over there. I stood in what seemed like a prayer line a mile long. I was five years old and I was impatient even then. They took me in that prayer line and I remember just closing my eyes, not even saying a word. And just so happened, Brother Stone King was there that night. He prayed for me. And and it wasn't long I began to experience severe headaches. And what they discovered was it was the glasses that I was wearing. A few weeks later, we were in Potts Camp, Mississippi, and Brother Wilson said, well, we know an eye specialist, so they took me to it, and he he put me on the machine, did all the tests. He said, I don't understand why this kid is even wearing glasses. I know God can do anything, anywhere, at any time. But sometimes there are special places where he desires to show special manifestation of his glory. And I'm telling you, this is a special place where God has let there be a river of renewal. And God is letting this place be somewhere that a prodigal can come home, that somebody can be renewed, that somebody can be touched. Oh, give the Lord praise tonight. And I tell you, and I don't mean to be too bold tonight. I really, 
I, I don't know if other ministers do this, but I wrestled a little bit all week. Like, did I, was I, I too bold or did I say the wrong thing? Because I believe this is such a sacred moment. But what we cannot allow to happen, and I'm not saying this to push you for response. I don't even really care if you amen this. We cannot be satisfied with any one move of God. This is not intended to quench your thirst. This is intended to create a hunger in you that says, I've got to have more of him I've got to I want more than I had yesterday there's got to be a hunger a burning an insatiable desire for the presence of God oh will you magnify the Lord with me tonight I believe something ought to be in our spirit that if we go too many services without feeling what we have felt around here that's something in us like David. The Bible said David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem. I believe that same mentality ought to be in us. That says, you know what, last Sunday I went through the motions. I checked the box. I was counted, but I didn't count. Something in us ought to say, when I get to church this week, I don't care what's went on in my world. I will bless the Lord at all times. I want a move of God. God, in my spirit, in my soul, in my life, in my mind, in my family. I want a move of God. Oh, somebody magnify him. I wish you'd lift your hands for rivers of renewal one more time. Oh. Hallelujah. When I was in my early 20s, I loved playing basketball and played, played every night of the week until my wife told me that wasn't cool. And I went to a neighboring city, got some guys knew me, knew, knew I could play a little bit, could shoot the ball, and so they said, come on over. And so we got on the court. I didn't know anybody there besides a couple guys. And, and so we were picking up who we were going to guard and I'm five foot eight, and if you're looking for somebody to guard, you don't pick a six five guy. It just doesn't make sense. Well, there's another guy who was about five seven. I said, I'll take him. That made sense to me. And not halfway through the game, David, but the very first possession. That guy that was about an inch shorter than me stole the ball and ran down the court, threw it off the backboard. Now he's right here and dunks it one handed. What should have gave it away was he had an Air Jordan tattoo right here on his calf. <laughs> to be honest, I thought the tattoo was funny until that joker dumped the ball. And that is when I discovered I'd bit off more than I could chew. I'm telling you that every devil in this region realizes that they have bit off more than they can chew with this church right now. That's why they're going to use anything they can to stop you. But I'm telling you, the devil can't stop what God is doing. It's too big. It's too powerful. I'm telling you, it is a river that is raging out of the spirit of God. 
Oh, somebody clap your hands and love him. Let's love him. Let's love him. Can we praise God for rivers of renewal one more time? Ah! Y'all going to mess around and get me fired up again. Look at your neighbor and say rivers of renewal. Now hit, hit them this time. Make sure they're awake. And tell them, there's more. Because I believe what the Spirit of the Lord has put in me is that once we begin to let the rivers of renewal renew us. I've been not here, just somewhere between north, south, east, and west of here. I go places that are, are, are clamoring for revival. But all I can seem to feel in my spirit is the brokenness of the people. And I'm thinking, if we are going to win the world, we've got to allow the Spirit of God to make us whole. Perfect? No. But it's got to do a work in us. So that's why I believe God had to step in rivers of renewal. But somebody say there's more. And rather than spend an hour telling you, I'm just going to jump in and tell you that beyond the river of renewal, in this river, there are rivers and streams of recovery. I feel like preaching. That don't matter to anybody that's never lost anything. But if the enemy has ever stole one thing from you, something in your soul tonight needs to realize I'm about to get my stuff back. I wish I could be calm. I wish I could stay still and tell you. But I'm telling you there is a river of recovery that's coming to this house. Somebody praise him. Somebody shout, I want my stuff back. Woo. Hey. Come on, let's praise him a little while. I know this is God because I'm not this smart. My wife will tell me every once in a while we get home, I'll get to teaching on emotions or all stuff. She'll say, I'm sitting on that front pew listening to you thinking, there's no way he knew this. I said, I said I'm, not, I'm not just a pretty face, honey. I know stuff. But I'm telling you, here's what I know. I'm not this smart to figure this out. It just dawned on me when I stared at the next line in my notes. The reason God is renewing, the reason the renewing comes before the recovery, because if he gave you your joy back while you're still broken, while you're still destitute, you'd be satisfied to grovel in mediocrity for the rest of 
I feel something in this region that wants to keep people down with a low mindset. But I'm telling you, I've been renewed. And now that I've been renewed, I want my joy back. I want my victory back. I want all my stuff back. Devil, I'm coming after it. I'm coming after my babies. I'm coming after my family. I want it back. Come on, let a shout ring out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. And I'll tell you what rivers of renewal do. Because you know, this ain't my notes. I'm meddling just a little bit. but I'm. You see, with the children of Israel, God made a distinct line of difference between His people and the world. Without it, you just got to read it and you'll understand it. The truth is, we've tried to create the difference, but, but we need a supernatural difference between us and the world. Thank God for our lines. Thank God for our separation. But we need God to create that difference. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord saying, I cannot create a difference between my people and the world until their private world is different than the world. That's what the... That's what the renewing is about. That's what renewing is about. Because somebody walks down to the altar and doesn't just have a Holy Ghost feel good, but you leave some stuff on that altar. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know it's a familiar story, but could we look at just quickly a snapshot of what we read in 1 Samuel 30? Can you stay with me? I know up and down is hard to do, but can you stay with me tonight? It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag. I know you know this story. It's, it's, it's most preachers' favorites almost. That the Amalekites had invaded the south to Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. i got to stop and just say what I feel. There are saints. There are precious saints who have been in the ground for years who have passed from this church. That their prayers, though they be in the grave, are about to reach a great-grandchild. There is a spiritual recovery even coming out of the graves. There really is something going on in the graveyard. I'm telling you, there's going to be people walking these doors and they're going, you're going to say, how did you find out about us? And they're going to say, well, my great-grandma went to this church 30 years ago. I'm telling you, there's that kind of recovery that's happening in the spirit in this region. I've heard it my whole life. You go somewhere and you ask about whatever happened to sweet, sweet old sister so-and-so. 
Oh, brother, she passed. It's so sad. Not one member of her family serving God. I imagine if, if Elder Brother Walls could go through his memory, he'd have stories like that. But I'm telling you, up out of the grave is coming a spirit of recovery that's about to reach for somebody that says, I never knew the God of my grandmother, but something is drawing me. Something is moving. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. I'm just going to tell you this story real quick. I know most of us know it. David comes to Ziglag. It had been invaded. It, it, had been, it had been destroyed and burned. And his wife and his children had been taken captive. He had lost it all. Somebody say he lost it all. He needed badly to be able to recover. He needed badly for God to help him. But I believe like any passage of scripture... There are some key elements that we see what David did in this story that is exactly what the saints of MPC need to do, not tomorrow, but right now. Lord, whatever you're doing, don't do it without me. I'm telling you, we're not lacking power right now, Pastor. And let me just say this so there is no mistake. Don't let the enemy creep in any of your minds and say, we're in this great revival and our pastor's laid up and struggling. Let me just tell you something. In this region, there's more power in the end of his pinky finger than hell has all put together. Well, he can't rest. He can't. I'm telling you, the enemy's not going to prevail in this moment. I said the enemy is not going to prevail in this moment. We've come too far for God to let us down. God is going to make sure we get our stuff back. Oh, just magnify him with me. So in one instance, in one instance, David lost it all. Now, I'm not a stranger to to most of you. There's some of you, I'm sure and certain, have been through things where it just seemed like you lost everything. That life just happens to us, don't it? I mean, is anybody, I mean, maybe it's just me. Anybody ever been there where one phone call changed everything? One situation, one circumstance. And what you knew is no longer. And David is in that moment and he's no doubt he's distressed. And the people were distressed about what they saw. And there is this just this twist in scripture of what are they going to do now? That's where we stand. We've got the power of renewal in us. What are we going to do now? You look at 1 Samuel 30 and 7. I'm sorry I'm a little harder to follow tonight, guys. The Bible said, And David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. Now you can get into further study and you've got great men of God that will do that for you. But I'm just going to use my simplicity to get you to understand this. If we are going to experience a river of recovery, we need to model what David modeled here and realize there must be a changing of garments. I wish I could have said that with more oomph. 
But I'm going to say it again because it's a key. It's not just preaching. That's a key. God's giving us a key right now. David said, before I do anything, somebody bring me the ephod. David, God is about to bring you on a recovery mission. But you've got to change the garments you are wearing. I'll say it again to be redundant on purpose. We cannot wear the garment of a victim and a victor at the same time. Don't get me wrong. There are times we cry and we weep and we praise God. But I believe what needs to happen in this church in this season is we need to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. I think I mentioned it last week. If I didn't, I did somewhere. Maybe my wife heard that message. But, it, but it's just true. That one of the easiest things to do to get people moved emotionally in this hour is play a sad song. Play it if they're not going to shout. Play a slow one so we can at least get their hearts. The pr- the problem is the devil loves that because he would love for the church to be satisfied just to play with people's emotions. But what God's trying to do, it's why I called it authentic. He's not trying to give you an emotional move where we got high for a little while and then it's back to normal. I'm telling you, there is a reset that's happening in the spirit of God right now. And God needs this church more than ever to be on your feet, clapping your hands, lifting your voice, praising God, saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, he is my strength. Uh, He is my refuge. Uh, Come on. There's got to be that kind of praise. I wish you'd just praise him. Someone sent me I tried to put it on Facebook. I'm not real tech savvy, but uh, the guys found that earlier, me trying to get them my notes. I buy all the tech stuff, so I look tech savvy, but I'm not. I put something on Facebook I tried to today. There's a little girl running cross country, one of the schools in this area somewhere, and she's winning the race, and at the last of the race, her legs go out, and she can't step. And she falls down. She gets back up. She can't, she can't even find her steps. Look like a, looks like a deer that just was born. Her legs won't work. She finally gets to the point. That girl crawls to the finish line to win that race. I thought to myself, what tenacity must a 16-year-old girl have to say, I'm not going to quit? You see, here's what I've said that reason for. We got far too many Holy Ghost filled apostolics that are satisfied to wear the spirit of heaviness every day of their life. And I'm telling you, I'm taking that garment off. Somebody get me the garment of praise. Somebody get me something in my spirit that reminds me I was born more than just a grovel in mediocrity, but I was born to be a praiser. I was born to be a worshiper. That is part of recovery. As our feet begin to fill the waters of revival rivers, I believe it is incumbent upon us that we do not bring into these waters the same posture that we had in days gone by.
Now, I'm not saying when you're going through the storm that you don't have to deal with the the storm and the situation. But I'm telling you, praise is still comely to the upright. I'm from a little little river town in Switzerland County. One one thing we say down there is we're not real bright. And, And so I try to say things in plain language. So when I read praise is comely to the upright, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to the Switzerland County folks? I'll tell you what it means. It's right to praise God. It's right to clap your hands. It's right to stomp your feet. It's right to run these aisles. It's right to shout. It's right to dance. It's right to get caught up in the spirit of God. I'm not being offensive. We do this back home. But the apostolic church is not celebrate recovery. We're celebrate victory. Hell lost another one. I am free. Did you hear what I said? Hell lost another one. I am free. Come on. Did he pick you up? Did he turn you around? There's reason to praise him. I don't, I don't want to be misread because if it would seem like, Brother David, right now I'm preaching to just get people to praise. And, and there's some churches I go to, I'll be honest, I do that. There's some Sunday mornings back home, like today, I do that. But, but the truth is, I'm not, I'm not preaching this because you don't respond. You're great responders. I'm preaching about praise because it's a key to recovery. Can I tell you something about prodigals? There has to be something about the farm they long for. And I believe you're right, brother. I believe the apostolic churches ought to be the most excellent looking buildings in the whole community. I, I believe that. I believe we all, I, I didn't think that when I walked down the hall. Because usually when I walk down that hall, it's after an hour and a half drive and I'm thinking something totally different. I'm thinking the road to Medora was paved with good intentions. <laughs> but I do believe we ought to strive for excellence. We ought to have Nehemiah Project. We ought to have all of that. But can I tell you what the backsliders are longing for? It's not the lights. It's not all of that. They're longing for the wells of the water of Bethlehem. They're longing for what it was like to dance and shout and rejoice and be free. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Give him praise. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Be seated. You young people, you got that camp meeting itis still. Come here, Lane. This is this is my oldest son in whom my wife is well pleased. <laughs> he looks like her, that's why, huh? He he's a he's a COVID graduate. He graduated high school COVID year. So just after his senior year of, of Basketball, they shut the schools down, and he was graduated. And I'll just be honest, his, and I asked him if I could do this, but his heart was far from God. 
and, and we were pretty much at the point we didn't speak other than maybe a grunt and passing in the kitchen. And, and he began to, to just do things you do when your heart's far from God. Can we say it that way tonight? And one day I was so grieved in my spirit, I, I saw my boy getting farther and farther from God. I, I, Pastor, I told you about it on the phone. I asked you to pray for him. I looked at his mother who looks just like him. So it was like looking into the same eyes. And I said, Lisa, I'm sorry. But I got two other boys in this house. And I said, I'm going to have to tell him to go. I said, I can't let that be in this home. And for about a week, he avoided me. He knew it was coming. And he left for a weekend to go with his friends. And while he was in Tennessee, when he got coming home, he got on Facebook of all things. There is something good about Facebook. He hadn't been there in a long time, and he got on there, and he had a bunch of friends' requests. And it was friends' requests from all these apostolic people he had met going to camps and different things. And he realized when he saw all those friends' requests, it was like God put it in front of him. Boy, I've got this world over here for you. Or you got the path that you're on. And my boy come home. He told his mama, he said, i got to get myself right. He's got an evangelist friend that lives in the south. And so he packed his bags to go live with him. I'll never forget. I knew he was far from God. I'll never forget standing at the, on that the front porch. Watching my boy drive out that driveway with his mom with tears in her eyes. And I'm telling you what God put in my spirit was. Just remember, Dad, I love him even more than you do. He went down there. It wasn't easy. But Brother Porterfield and them got him on fire for God. He started praying. He started seeking God. God started touching him. He's been on fire. Has he had struggles? Sure. He's normal. But God's recovered my boy. I'm telling you, there is a recovery that's coming to the apostolic church. Medora, you've got a hold of it. Medora, you've got a hold of it. You've got a hold of it. Oh, let's just love the Lord right here. I don't want to quench anything. Let's just love Him right here. Come on, you're proving my next point right here. The Bible said David inquired of the Lord. The next key is we got to go to prayer. Why don't we do that right now? Come on, let a spirit of prayer hit this house. Let a spirit of prayer hit this house.
I tell you what I feel in my spirit. If you'll just hang with me for one second here, I feel something very strong in my spirit. My next point was prayer. I don't have to make it the spirit of prayer. My next point was prayer. I don't just hit this room. So my key is that you've got to be a praiser. You've got to pray. But my next point, get ready to close tonight. I've got a lot more preaching, but God's ready to move. The next thing that I want to point out about that story is when David talked to the Lord and the Lord told him to pursue. When he got ready to pursue, there comes a point in the journey, Brother David, where not everybody that was with him was going to make the journey. And there were some men. I feel the Holy Ghost strong right here. Please don't check out on me right now. There were some men that didn't take the recovery journey with them. The key to that is when we get in rivers of recovery, we've got to travel light. Here's what I feel in my spirit. I feel it strong, Pastor. God wants there to be a divine release out of your spirit tonight. Of things that cannot make the next leg of the journey with you. There are shames and sins and guilts and fears that have got to be released. And I feel the Lord walking in this room with us right now. God's about to take some things out of our spirit, out of our hearts, out of our minds. I feel a release in this room. Would you lift your hands all over this room? Everybody, everybody look at me real quick. Look at me. Pastor is afflicted in his back. How many of you believe? Don't lie. How many of you believe in an instant God could take every bit of that pain? You believe that? Now let me ask you something. And I believe that. Why can we have so much faith that God can touch something physical? Yet believe the damnable lie from hell that we're intended to carry all this junk around in our spirit for the rest of our days that limits our effectiveness in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, God wants a church in Medora that is far bigger than the size and population of this region. God wants this to be such an effective kingdom church, but he needs you and I to experience divine release so we get all of that stuff out of us and all of that junk out of us so we can carry the responsibility. God. I'm not being ugly at all. I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not preaching to one or two people. I'm saying from front to back, from center to circumference in this room, God wants to get some junk out of some hearts tonight. There needs to be a call to this altar right now. And when you come down here, you know what you wrestle with. You know what battles you. You know what's in your mind. Listen, hold on before you come. Listen to me. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you're about to experience a miracle that is just as great as if God would touch a body. When you get down here, you do not have to beg for God to help you. He is here right now to do a work 
in your life. Come, come, come. Let's experience it right now. Come lifting up your voice. Come praising. Come believing. God is helping. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.